This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Coming up today, we get ready for the opener with Tony Roach of Roach's Guide Service. We not only talk about the upcoming Minnesota opener, we talk about some soft water fishing he did down in Louisiana. It's all coming up next. I'll turn the lake into a big old ass. I never use less than 20 pound tails. If you're fishing with me, you're fishing with the best. And if you're not, you get there. I'll soon you will be. I catch more fishes than the seagull birds. If you all ain't fishing, you're a bunch of nerds. Cause the fishes all tremble at the side of me. Cause I'm fishing. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu This is Dick Beardsley, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, today we're checking in with Tony Roach, and we'll get around to talking Minnesota fishing, but Tony's just coming back uh, from a a fishing trip of his own. Tony, welcome to the show, first of all, and and where you been? Yeah, thanks for having me, Kevin. Uh, I was down in Venice, Louisiana, uh, doing a little little saltwater fishing, you know, primarily reds. They're really known for their redfish, but... I tell you what, it is a spectacular place if you just want to go catch fish. I mean, we caught, you know, uh, saltwater sheephead, red, uh, black drum, like everything was mixed together. It just caught everything. We went out, it was pretty calm. We went out to the oil rigs and actually fished the oil rigs and vertical jig. Um, we caught a lot of fish along the cane. You know, that sort of Mississippi dumps out there. It's that long kind of peninsula that's that sticks out south of New Orleans. And, uh, yeah, it was amazing. Like, every spot we went, we just absolutely pile-drive the fish, you know. First couple days, you know, as far as fishing in the morning, we're throwing popping corks, which is basically a, a bobber, right, with a piece of sh- a jig and a piece of shrimp on it. You snap it, and that cork makes a loud noise and attracts the fish, you know, those big bull reds like that, you know, that surface disturbance. And, uh, yeah, I mean, literally that cork would hit the water and boom, he started catching them. It was like, kind of like crappie fishing. And once you find where they're at along the cane, you want to keep casting that same spot. So it's very similar to like crappie fishing. When you find the crappies in the spring, you keep targeting that same area. Uh, not a whole lot different there. And then, uh, yeah, getting out to the oil rigs and fishing those great big oil rigs and catching giant, uh, bull redfish and, uh, huge sheephead. I mean, it was just a, uh, kind of a, a bucket list type of fishing trip for me. Had you ever been there before? Was this the first time for you? No, first time. I've saltwater fished all over, you know, Mexico, Florida, Texas, uh, Carolinas. Never had been to Louisiana. I've always heard about it, but the timing wasn't right or something was off. Uh, I've been invited on many trips down here with, with a couple different people, friends and family, and it just never worked out. And this time it worked out and went down with a group of guys and Oh man, I'm going back for sure. That that is definitely a special place on this planet to catch fish. 
Yeah, it sounds like uh, there's just a lot of action to be had, fun fish to catch, uh, you know, the whole bit. Yeah, it's light gear. You know, you're basically using a medium-heavy spinning rod and, you know, catching giant fish on, on, on light tackle, and that's what I like doing. I, you know, I used to do a lot of deep-sea fishing and trolling for marlin, and that all that stuff's fun, but it's really fun casting inshore, you know, um, the last, I'd say, decade, that's what I've focused on, fishing reds, fishing snook, um, light tackle, some plastics. But, um, you know, the inshore stuff you can explore, and, and, you know, you're fishing these estuaries, and Louisiana has endless amounts of water down there, and it's just crazy how fertile it is. You have, you know, that Mississippi dumping in there, and, uh, you know, it, it's funny, we think of the Mississippi as big up here, when you get down there, you know, the Mississippi is the mighty Mississippi. It's, it's huge, and it's got multiple branches, and that delta is just something to see. But how often do you get down to do uh, uh, saltwater fishing? I try to go once a year if I can. Mm-hmm. You know, some years are um, more conducive than others. <laughs> you know, my, my kids like to fish, too. So, you know, after a long winter of drilling holes, I always... Um, love the fact that we put together a, a family vacation fishing somewhere and and uh try to get try to get out at least once a year we've we've fished a lot in florida um like i said down in mexico quite a bit fishing the bahamas and grand cayman um the carolinas um i just like different fishing experiences you know i mm-hmm. it's amazing how many things how many um fishing techniques that we have here that you can relate to saltwater and vice versa. Like I was saying, like the reds, when they were catching them along the cane, when we first got there, he's like, hey, throw your float out there, pop it, but you want to be within a certain distance of the cane, and if you catch one, keep throwing it back to that spot. Well, I mean, that's crappie fishing in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I just came back from there. I'm going, I'm immediately going crappie fishing, and <laughs> finding those fish in the shallow water, float fishing early, like right after ice out in that really shallow water the same you find those fish and you keep working that same area and it's interesting too like their boat positioning and you know when the current's coming down or the tide's coming in they're working certain areas it's no different than fishing a river you know um watching those current scenes where the bait's coming through where those fish are setting up to ambush the bait um you know it's it's really apples to apples so you know a lot of people are nervous they get down there they're you know fishing with a captain they don't know what to do with it's not a whole lot different than walleye fishing or crappie fishing up here. Um, you know, fishing's fishing. So, uh, you know, it's just fun, cool experiences. I tell you what, ripping down that river, coming back in in the evening, and, you know, seeing alligators every 150 yards was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I bet it was. From a safe distance, of course. <laughs> right. Well, Tony, uh, let's let's talk a little bit before we get into the soft water fishing that's coming our way soon. Let's talk about ice fishing this year. How was it for you? I didn't, you know, get a ton of great reports throughout the winter. How was it for you? You know, it was actually pretty pretty good winter. The fish were biting. Um, I, you know, uh, I know it was a tough winter for a lot of folks just with the snow and the slush and that sort of thing. But um, you know, all in all, it was a good winter on. Most bodies of water I fish, you know, Malax was surprisingly really good because the last few winters it's been tough out there. Um, the other, you know, kind of silver lining for Malax was the fact of the amount of perch we were catching. Like 
cleanable size perch, jumbo perch. Yeah. Uh, the last few years we've been catching them or seeing a ton of bait fish and young of the year perch, but it's good to see that perch resource bounce back in Mille Lacs. Um, you know, same with uh, a lot of other lakes that I fished. The, the fishing was pretty good. You know, I was on Winnie quite a bit. Um, that was good. I bounced over to Cass a couple times. I fished a lot of small lakes. You know, early was difficult um, just because of the snow. It was hard to get around with the slush and that sort of thing. But it seemed like we had those warm-ups, and it sort of, you know, packed that ice down, and then, you know, it froze, and everything was pretty good. I mean, the only challenging part of the season was kind of the front end. I'd say after, you know, the first of the year, it seemed like it was pretty pretty easy going. And uh, I had a great year. I, I actually just got done ice fishing about a week ago. Uh, I was perch fishing a week ago and uh, um, kind of fell through right at the landing, you know, crushed the, the, uh, the ice was pretty honeycombed when we got back in that afternoon. And, um, you know, as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, that's it for me. You know, it's too hard to get up on that ice sheet. I know others that, we're taking advantage of late ice because I, I love late ice because, you know, the fish get so aggressive and so active. I love fishing perch and panfish late ice. Uh, I was able to do that, but it was kind of a weird late ice this year. You know, normally when you have that really good late March, early April bite, um, that didn't happen until like mid to late April. So it was a little different in that aspect. But all in all, it was a great winter for me. I had a good winter of catching fish, really fun a lot of good customers, and I was able to fish all sorts of different bodies of water. Well, now we're getting ready for soft water season. About a couple weeks ago, I would have been very doubtful we'd have a lot of soft water available. Now it looks like pretty much every lake's going to be available. The winds come up, the heats come up, and, uh, yeah, I think the the water's going to be there once the opener starts. Uh, What's it looking like down in your neck of the woods? Yeah, I think you're right, Kevin. I was... uh... When I was standing on the ice a week ago, I thought, there's no way um, we're going to have ice out. And then, of course, good old Mother Nature, you get a little rain, a little wind, and, you know, that those nighttime lows that stay above freezing, I think that's a huge factor that um, helps, you know, just deteriorate that ice super quickly. Uh, yeah, the ice is going to be out, I, I believe. Um, you know, even on Mille Lacs Lake, it looks like it's going to go out. You know, that wind really helps, and it's pushing the ice around. I love a late ice out opener i think the fishing has always been incredible for me uh i love fishing jigs shallow um jigs and minnows jigs and shiners i love fishing extremely shallow um this year it seems like you know even though we had a lot of flooding early a lot of that that has drawn down and so you know even if you're a, a river fisherman or you like to fish in where the, the river's dumping in all those opportunities are really coming together to be a great opener and it looks like the temperature's um, you know, if you put any stock in the weather, uh, I've been looking out, you know, for, you know, the 10 day, the seven day, that sort of thing towards, um, just airtime temperatures for opener. It looks like it's going to be beautiful. Tony Roach of Roach's Guide Service, my guest today, and we are just getting started. A lot more to come with Tony next. I'm Paul Brosdell, proud to help educate Kevin Jackson on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley. Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. 
fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji, headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park, beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfast. Visit Bemidji one step further. Tony Roach, my guest today as we get ready for the opener. And one thing about opening weekend, Tony, it's pretty easy. You know where you need to be. You know that you need to jig in a minnow. Uh, that's about as easy a, a, a plan as there is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, we have, we have our rituals for opener. You know, I, don't, I never guide for opener. I would take my dad and my son and my buddies and uh, everybody uh, meets at my place and and we'll go out crappie fishing on Friday, and then we do our fish fry, and everybody goes to bed early, and then we're just all just fired up, you know, over the coffee pot in the morning to get out there at the crack of dawn to fish. And, uh, you know, obviously the years where there's snow on the ground, uh, people are moving a little slower, but this year, you know, everybody's already talking about the nice weather, and it looks like it's going to be beautiful. I can't wait. I love the tradition of opener in Minnesota. I know... Uh, you know, some folks have their opinions on it, but I love it. I opener to me is just like deer camp. It's kind of the kickoff to the summer. Um, I like, you know, kind of the, the rituals that we've had, you know, it used to be me and my dad and my grandpa now it's me and my dad and my son. And, uh, I, I treasure that. I look forward to opener every single year. Yeah, it's it, it is. It is a tradition. It is something that really pumps you up and there is something very special about it. Do you have a special secret lake you guys go to or are you going to be on Malax or what what's your plan every year? Yeah, we kind of go all over, you know. Some years uh Winnie, a lot of years Malax. We've opened up on some small lakes just to mix it up. We kind of uh, you know, there'll be a few of my buddies that'll come. One one of our friends from South Dakota, you know, there's a there's a group of us and uh yeah, we just kind of make a consensus, like, hey, if it's really rough, especially if you know, my dad's getting a little older, if it's super rough or something, we might go to a small lake. But, uh, um, you know, for the most part, we like to go to big bodies of water. Uh, the last few seasons, we've gone to Mille Lacs. This year, I'm going to go to Mille Lacs on Saturday, and then I think we're going to go to Leach on Sunday. So, yeah, it's, uh, um, you know, and like I said, crappie fishing on Friday. So we'll have a good three-day weekend in there of of fishing opportunities um it should be a, a pretty good opener for um it should be a pretty good opener for for Malax, i would think and from what i've heard uh, with the numbers and the late start it, it could be a very good year in general for Malax. i think it will be kevin um you know from top to bottom as far as healthy year classes uh this winter it was pretty pretty at, uh pretty much a given that you were going to catch any size fish uh, that was that, that you could measure. I mean, we were catching 14-inch fish. We were catching 17-inch fish. Catching 20-inch fish. We were catching 24-inch fish. You're starting to see some bigger ones again. You know, for a couple of years in there, it seemed like we weren't catching a lot of the big ones. And uh, this winter, we caught all sizes. So there's not these big gaps in year classes like we've seen in the past. And, yeah, the fish are feeding. You know, they were they – were, I, I kind of always – use the season before as my barometer how the next season's going to go you know so the winter was good the spring bite's usually pretty good the spring's good the summer's going to be you know and so on and so forth and uh yeah right now it's it's looking like it's going to be a real good place to be for opener and um i like malax because it's yeah you know it's sort of like um leech lake in the sense where 
uh, one area of the lake to the other to another area of the lake fish quite differently. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's opportunities for people if they like bobber fishing, they can bobber it up on some of these rock reefs, and they're all over the place. Tons of endless structure. Then you've got that north end sand that's kind of like fishing Winnie and Leech, where you know it's more a little more nondescript, and you got to find these schools of fish that are up there cruising in the sand. And then you have the transition lines. Then you have the fish that are, you know, you catch them in the rocks, but you go find these little depressions where there's sand, and during the daytime there's walleye just piled up in there. The one thing about molasses is it's gotten so clear, just like all these other lakes, that mm-hmm. for me, casting is better than, you know, doing uh, drifting or back trolling, you know. For years, that's all we used to do is, is back troll or snap jig and or, or um, jig drifting, right? You turn the boat sideways or or live bait rigging, um, that's not the case anymore. And most of these fish, you can't drive over the top of them. You're just going to spook them. So if you don't have forward-facing sonar, you know, just setting your boat off the edge of the reef and just pitching until you find these fish. And for me, especially during the day, if it's calm, you know, uh, right away in the morning, I might start on top of these reefs, but then I slide off to the edge where that sand rock transition is, and I'm pitching for these fish along those edges. Obviously, forward-facing sonar, I'm just going in there looking to see where these monster schools of fish are and being really quiet about it, you know, not running my big motor, keeping my boat away from these fish. They're extremely spooky. Most of the time you can't get within 50, 60 feet of these fish because they're under 10 feet of water and that that water is super clear. The other cool part is you can sight fish them, right? On Malax, it's so clear at times if you don't have a forward-facing sonar, if it's calm out, you can see the walleye sitting up there. So even if you bump them, pull off of them a little bit, go fish some other fish, and then come back to that area, and they're going to be feeding. One of the nice uh, stories this year for you guys who are fishing Malax is you will have a full open season the entire season. There's not a catch and release this year. Yeah, correct. Uh, you can keep a fish all year. Um, you know, I... Uh, you know, I like harvesting some walleyes, but, you know, I'm after a good quality fishing experience. You know, that's kind of why we've always done the, the Friday crappie fishing. We get our fish fry, and then, you know, Saturday, depending on the destination, sometimes we're not even keeping fish. We're just, we just want to go have fun and catch a lot of fish. But, yeah, for harvest opportunities, it's great. It's a step in the right direction. With as healthy as the lake is right now, um, you know, I'm pretty conservative. Uh, when it, as far as opinions on Malax and keeping fish, but I think we're at the point now that we yeah, can sustain that one fish maybe next year too. Who knows? We'll see if we keep getting continued recruitment like we're seeing now. It's unbelievable how many small walleyes are in that lake right now, which is great to see. And not just, you know, the, the mid-teens and up fish. I mean, some of these young-of-the-year class of walleyes this winter, it was amazing to see how many fish were actually out there when you'd be scanning the other thing for people who are not real familiar with Malax, and to be honest, I have not had the opportunity to fish it myself yet. Uh, that's my plan one of these days. But the beautiful thing about Malax is not only do you have uh, lots of walleyes, and you're noting very healthy uh, numbers and sizes, um, you are a lake that's got some of the biggest uh, and uh, most prog- uh, productive fisheries for a number of other really exciting sport fish that people love to go for. Yeah, you know, it's fun on opener because you'll get, especially if it's a warm opener, like you get a warm day, you'll get these smallmouth that'll slide up out of their wintering areas. So, um, you know, you'll be fishing these reefs and 
know, you're catching walleyes on one side, smallmouth on the other, then you tie into a great big pike. Um, like I said, it's a lot. I, that's why I compare it a little bit to Leech Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they're they're totally two different, totally different bodies of water, with the with the smallmouth coming up and leech the way they are, and just the amount of muskies and pike and everything you catch on leech, Malax uh, can be like that. You know, you have that that trophy uh, element to it. You know, you never know when you're going to tie into a a giant walleye or a giant smallmouth, a giant muskie, a giant pike. <laughs> And, you know, that's why I like going to big water destinations, you know, those big waters with big water, you have big opportunity and usually you have giant species that you just don't find on your typical small lake. We're not done with Tony yet. We got one more segment to go. I'm Bruce Jean at Rainy Lake Guiding. I always like to give to those in need. That's why I'm on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Because we all know Kev Jackson is sure in need of knowledge. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. I'm Kevin Cochran, and you're listening to Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. Getting ready for the opener with Tony Roach of Roach's Guide Service. He spends an awful lot of time in Mille Lacs. And, Tony, any other concerns on uh, on Mille Lacs? I don't think so, Kevin. You know, the water levels are up. Uh, you know, like cricks are just pouring into Mille Lacs. I think, it's, um, I think a lot of our fisheries really needed this snowpack and this rain. You know, it, it made it tougher getting around ice fishing. But, um, you know, a lot of the lakes will benefit as a result. I know there's some winter kill small lakes and... Uh, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about uh, you know some of the minnow ponds and that sort of thing uh, this winter. But um, for me, I, I I think a lot of these lakes that get um, snowpack in the winter, it, it's a good thing. It gives the lakes a rest. Uh, it, it it obviously provides moisture content. It gives a lot of uh, a lake like Malax that has you know feeder creeks all over it. Um, it, it, it. It makes it that much more fertile. Um, I think this late ice out is going to provide an incredible opener for people, um, not just on Mille Lacs, but a lot of big lakes. And I think it's going to be a fun year. You know, last summer, you know, not just me, but a lot of the guests you have on your lake, if you if you surveyed them, last summer was incredible walleye fishing in Minnesota. It just was one of those summers that they seem to be biting all year, all over. And uh, I think we're going to have that type of summer, just the way it's setting up. Oh, I hope we, I hope you're right. Makes the show a lot easier, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Kevin. <laughs> All right, um, as we're going out shopping to get ready for uh, for the season, um, besides the ever-changing world of electronics, we, we know all about all the new electronics all the time. Is there any other new gear, any other new products out there that uh, you're kind of excited about? Um, you know, I would say just in general, um, you know, I just, getting ready this time of year, I kind of make a checklist of what I need as far as, you know, jigs, crankbaits, line. 
I think we're, we're in a situation right now where um, we have some of the best products out there. I don't care if it's fishing line, if it's jigs, if it's rods, if it's reels. Uh, we're just in a good time where, um, you know, you go into the store and, um, you know, supply chains are back. Uh, we have great equipment. Um, and for me, it's, it's this whole next week will be uh, changing new line, changing, you know, line on my all my rods and i think you know for your listeners out there who are planning fishing trips for opener mark my words the cheapest thing you can do is change the line on your rod you don't want to be showing up at opener with old line even if it's braid that lasts long redo your braid i like to use you know thinner diameter braids you know the 131 gores the 832s that sort of thing but redoing that line should be at the top of your priority. Once you get your line done, then going through your tackle boxes, organizing, make sure you have enough jig heads. I think it's going to be an incredible jig bite. Um, it's going to be a really good bobber bite. I know a lot of people like the nitrile. Uh, you know, there's a lot of great crankbaits out there now. Um, obviously, with technology and the casting aspect of everything, uh, it's just it's, it's, a, it's a fun time. I, I like the gearing up aspect. The other thing that for anglers, too, is like, when you're getting ready for opener, we talked about fishing shallow. I'm, I'm sort of a map nerd. Like, I like pulling up maps. Um, if I catch fish in a particular area, I'll zoom out my map and I'll start looking for areas that look exactly like that. I think that walleye anglers in particular on the opener, you're going to be able to look for a lot of current areas that's going to hold fish. Um, these shallow water flats, the north end of these lakes, um, anywhere that water temp is going to be a lot warmer, you're going to find bigger schools of fish. And then, of, of course, just breaking down maps. If you're going to a location for the first time, um, you know, spend time looking at the map because you might notice something on the map that catches your eye um, that you may want to go back to when you're out there. Or um, the other thing that I, I look forward to is just uh, just overall going, covering all your bases. You have a one full week to make sure you've got oil in your boat. You've started your boat prior to getting to opener. I think that's a big one for people. I've yeah. seen so many people at 6 o'clock in the morning that can't get their boat started. Ooh, or they yeah. dump their boat in and they forgot their plug. They put their boat in and the keys are back at their house. Uh, you, know, I, you know, you see it all at opener. You have one solid week here to get everything ready. And for me, it's always the checklist thing. I try to go down to the checklist. I start with my rods and reels. I get new line on there. I go to my tackle boxes, making sure everything's good there, to loading my boat, life jackets, safety equipment, fire fire extinguishers, and then I start with my boat, making sure everything starts there, so on and so forth, and boom, it'll make your opener a lot more enjoyable. Uh, you're not going to run the risk of getting to the landing and having an issue and the embarrassment of that sort of thing. So, um, <laughs> yeah. That's yes. sort of how my, my week my week is. All right. I hope you listen carefully, folks. Don't be a that guy. Be a Tony instead. That's what we want. <laughs> uh, it's just uh, everybody's excited, you know, and, uh, of course, everyone has jobs and works and they're, they're busy and things get put on the back burner because kids have sports. But um, I just take a few minutes out of each day this week to, you know, check something off the list I I can promise you it's going to make your opener that much more enjoyable. All right, Tony Roach, before we wrap it up, we need to do a quick Fast Five with you. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's up? Fast Five. 
Okay, here we go. Question number one. Tell me your favorite pizza topping and go ahead and give love to your favorite pizzeria, too, if you want to. Oh, yeah, right on. Um, my favorite is kind of a pepperoni, sausage, green olive. That, that would have to be my pizza choice. And uh, yeah, there's a pizza pub right church of my great by Moose Lake where I live. We go there all the time. My daughter works there up part-time. So. All right. Question number two. What is the biggest fish you've ever caught? Uh, freshwater would have to be a sturgeon, a monkeys, uh, saltwater, marlin. Okay. And question number three. You, uh, you've been told you're going to be going to fishing purgatory. The good news is you get to fish for all eternity. The bad news is it can be at only one body of water. What body of water is that going to be? Oh, my. <laughs> That's tough. I know. Uh, well... Fast five, I'd have to say, take the woods on the Canadian side. <laughs> Drop me off and leave me there for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not a bad choice. Uh, question number four, besides fishing and hunting, either participating or watching, what is your favorite sport? Uh, repeat the question. Besides fishing and hunting, either watching or participating, what is your favorite sport? Uh, I, I gotta say baseball. Twins fan? Twins fan. Softball, baseball. I like playing and watching both. Um, I would say spectator only would be football, but I, I really enjoy playing baseball. Okay, final question. Question number five. What was Tony Roach's favorite subject in school? Uh, earth science, biology. I had a really cool you know, earth science teacher that Know, taught us about wild animals and uh, you know fishing and survival and um, I, I kind of always blobbed on to that the science the, the science aspect so I'd say earth science biology yeah that's not a surprise considering what you're passionate about right right well Tony uh, are you booked up for the year already or can you still take some guests I got a few days left but not many um, you know I've got a few midsummer uh they're filling up fast. Um, I'm just excited to kick off the year. I again, I I love spring crappie fishing, so I'm just chomping at the bit to get out <laughs> spring crappie fishing before the the season kicks off. And then, of course, you know, I love opener. And then when I get into opener or after opener, there's just certain techniques that you know I love doing. I love jig fishing, and then I love throwing you know, top water for smallmouth. I love certain technique and then even when we get into the bobber bite like i love watching courts go, go down with customers so you know you kind of go throughout the year um there's certain bites that you just can't wait to do there's certain lakes i can't wait to get to uh with customers without customers and yeah i'm just jacked up that the ice is melting and we're on to the next season that's why we live here in minnesota that's that's a fact hey if anybody wants to book one of those uh, last few remaining trips with you uh, how do they go about doing that you get a hold of me, roachesguideservice.com. Uh, find me on the web, find me on Facebook. Uh, lots of information out there. I try to put as much fishing information out as I can throughout the year on wherever, whatever body of water I'm fishing. He's Tony Roach. He loves fishing, and we love having him on the show. Tony, thanks for taking the time today, and good luck opening weekend. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kev. Good luck fishing to everybody out there. Hopefully everybody has a fantastic opener. Now we're going fishing for <laughs> Country.